Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. To the program. Thanks for sticking with us throughout uh, episode 18 today. I'm grateful to you. Uh, listen, I earlier, if you remember, was talking to Congressman Rob Bishop. I asked him a question that had to do with the intentions of the Iranian regime when they fired those missiles into Iraq. Uh, there have been there has been some speculation that they chose a time of day and a target and a location where nothing would happen. That was by design, that there would be no uh, destruction of U.S. military targets, both in terms of uh, infrastructure and personnel. So we know that no Americans were killed. We know that no Iraqis were killed and no coalition forces, no one on these air bases. Uh, none of the good guys were killed. Now, the, and then the other the other side of the coin is uh, maybe it was just a bad, a poorly executed mission. They uh, they just didn't plan it uh, well enough to execute the targets they were targeting. Anyway, the reason I bring that back up is I just moments ago uh, got word that uh, Vice President Pence stated that there is no doubt that Iran was trying to target uh, Americans. There is no doubt that it was the intention and desire of these Iranian folks who launched these missiles uh, to kill Americans. That does change things a a little bit, at least in my mind. Um, Earlier in the program, I promised I wasn't going to bore you with Iran stuff, but this little development here I thought important to share with you so so just know that at least the vice president that means likely the president viewed the actions by the Iran uh, the Iranian regime uh, recently when they fired those missiles that their intention was to kill Americans uh, in my mind, again, that changes things a little bit. Uh, listen, I want to take this moment to share some fascinating information. <clears throat> we this morning learned that there is a new police chief coming to the University of Utah. If you remember way back is a terrible, tragic story, the death of Lauren McCluskey. Uh, there was a lot of criticism leveled at the university and specifically uh, the chief of police up there. Well, he retired uh, some months ago. And since then, the university has undertaken a grand effort to uh, reflect form its uh, position in the community to build trust and uh, to to make sure that the students attending the university up there are doing so uh, in a safe environment. Not only that they uh, are safe, but also that they feel safe. On episode seven of this program, Live Mike, uh, that came the day we also received word that the University of Utah would be employing its very first chief safety officer, a gentleman from out east. Uh, we spoke to him, a gentleman named Marlon Lynch. Uh, I want to walk through some of the questions that I asked uh, Mr. Lynch and some of the answers he gave me. First and foremost, I asked him, what is a chief safety officer? Uh, the chief safety officer will coordinate all of the public safety, primarily the police, security, emergency management, um, environmental health and safety and risk management efforts for both uh, the university as well as the health sciences. 
So it allows all of those services to be integrated. Um, having a senior leader that works with the university and the health sciences leadership as well as engage the uh, community in regards to the services that are provided. Again, that's Marlon Lynch. He's coming to Utah here shortly to take on the role of chief safety officer over at the University of Utah. Now, why are we revisiting uh, this conversation from Episode 7? It is because today the university announced the hiring of a new chief of police. And in the chain of command up there, it will be the chief of police who answers to this safety officer. In our next segment, uh, just after 2.30, we're going to speak with this new uh, police chief up at the university. Rodney Chapman is his name. He comes from Ohio. We're going to get his background. We're going to get his uh, goals and desires for the police force and its relationship with the university and the community. Uh, First, though, let me continue this conversation with Marlon Lynch uh, from last month. I asked uh, Mr. Lynch uh, about his background and what qualifies him to be the chief safety officer at the University of Utah. I'm entering my 27th year of public safety, both experience with the municipal, but primarily in higher education, higher education with university functions as well as health sciences. I'm currently the Senior Vice President for Campus Services and Safety at New York University in New York. But prior to that, I was at the University of Chicago in a similar capacity. was recruited for the role. They hired a recruiting firm that specializes in uh, campus public safety. And based on my experience, partly was recruited with that, but then also the, my interest in the role itself. That's Marlon Lynch, the incoming public safety officer. I'm sorry, chief safety officer at the University of Utah. He will be responsible for overseeing the police department, which received uh, a new chief today. We'll speak to that chief later on. Now, I I should tell you the background of these two gentlemen. You heard uh, Mr. Lynch there describe his current job, uh, the job he's leaving. He's uh, he's in charge of safety at New York University. That's out in New York City, back east. Uh, The new chief of police at the University of Utah, Rodney Chapman, he comes to us. Uh, from a, a college out in Dayton, Ohio. So these are folks who come from very far uh, to, to help us out here. And some of you might be uh, wondering, well, why, uh, number one, uh, why would we reach so far away to find uh, uh, you know solutions to these problems or folks to fill these roles of such high importance here in Utah? You might also wonder, why is it that someone from New York City would want to come out here to Utah uh, to, to operate in the field of law enforcement? And I asked Mr. Lynch just that question. Here's his answer. I actually uh, have a, a friend that is from Utah, and she's always spoken very favorably um, of Utah. Um, it is also a city and state, or Salt Lake City itself, and the state of Utah um, has a reputation for being very supportive um, of its of its efforts. And, and this particular effort is not only the interest of the university and the health sciences, but the, the larger Salt Lake City community as well. The type of support he's talking about is the support of law enforcement and safety. Debbie Dejanovic and I spoke in an earlier segment today on the program uh, on the occasion of Law Enforcement Appreciation Day. I think uh, that that is exactly the circumstance that Mr. Lynch is walking into as he uh, joins us from New York City as well as incoming chief of police for the University of Utah, Rodney Chapman. I asked uh, Mr. Lynch back on Episode 7, I asked him what would be his first order of business coming here to the state of Utah as he takes the helm as chief safety officer officer over the University of Utah. He said this. Well, I know I need to introduce myself to the community. So uh, I plan on doing an extremely large amount of listening and attending uh, various functions and meetings, both with students, faculty, and staff, as well as uh, those within the Salt Lake City community. A lot of things are on parallel tracks. There's not much time to do one thing at a time. So a lot of things will be um, happening 
at the same time. So the introduction, the meeting, the listening, also there are probably some immediate steps to be taken. We'll identify those. But most importantly, be collaborative with the community and a lot and really encourage them to be part of the various initiatives. Mr. Lynch comes to us from New York City. That's a very big place, as I'm sure you're aware. Maybe you're taking a vacation out there, had a business meeting or something out there. It is a whole different world out there in New York City uh, than is the case here in Salt Lake City. So how is it uh, that an individual who has been in charge of the safety in such a a, a large and diverse place uh, with uh, unique and dynamic challenges, uh, what qualifies him to come here. I asked him that question. I'll play for you in just a moment the answer, but I also intend to ask uh, the chief of police, the incoming chief of police, uh, what experiences in Ohio and elsewhere in his career uh, qualify him for helping us out here uh, in Utah. So again, getting back to Mr. Lynch, I asked him, what qualifies you uh, to come here and address the situation that faces or the circumstances, the unique needs and challenges of a, of a community like this after leaving such a, a large and dynamic place like New York City? Although both uh, New York City and Chicago are very large in regards to population and and, uh, even the geography itself, they're made up of neighborhoods. And the neighborhoods have their very own distinct personalities. And with institutions as large as New York University and the University of Chicago, um, the university and the health sciences dealt with all members of all the communities of those cities. And so uh, it it also maybe even had uh, property outside of just one particular neighborhood. So part of what I've gained over the last few years is, you know, the ability to interact with everyone. And no matter what the background is or where their neighborhood is and, and, you know, whatever, um, I've had to interact with them in order uh, to be successful with the public safety function. So that's it. You have heard again from the chief safety officer, the incoming chief safety officer for the University of Utah, a gentleman named Marlon Lynch. Uh, we spoke to him on episode seven of this program. And today on episode 18, our guest will be Rodney Chapman. We're speaking to Rodney Chapman because he, it has been announced, will be the new uh, chief of police with the Department of Public Safety at the University of Utah. And the background, I don't need to repeat it. You know, uh, there was a great tragedy that befell the university uh, last Last year, early on in 2019, the death of Lauren McCluskey and the the fallout from that has resulted in some uh, dramatic changes up there at the university. And this, uh, the conversation we just had with Marlon Lynch and the one upcoming, uh, those are big parts of this effort undertaken by the university uh, to, as I said earlier, uh, make sure that not only the students in the community are safe, but that they feel safe. Next up here on Live Mike, we're speaking with Rodney Chapman, incoming chief of police at the University of Utah. That's next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. 
That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.